Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello and welcome into the Monday podcast here on Mason Brew. I'm your host for the day, uh, Team Site Producer Managing Editor Anthony Broom, and we're here during a bye week. There's not a lot going on. Um, you know, it's a it's a chance for a lot of you guys to reset, refresh, heading into a, a stretch run for Michigan football that will see two rivalry games and Indiana uh, in a, in the last three games of the year. So. Lots still on the line. Lots still to play for. It, like I said, it's a good chance for us to kind of step back, reset, um, take a look at maybe some of your biggest questions. And, and I think that's where we're going to go with this show today. Some of your biggest questions heading into the bye. Uh, I have one certainly that I'd like to talk about uh, to lead things off. But you know, just to kind of take you through how this week is going to go. I'm going to adjust the schedule here a little bit. Uh, you'll get a brewcast uh, on Tuesday. Wednesday will be... A post-game edition reaction show to Michigan basketball season opener. It played Tuesday evening against Appalachian State at Chrysler in the first official game of the Jawan Howard era. Uh, Future Brew will come out on Thursday, and then the Out of the Blue guys will close out the week on Friday. So uh, you're going to get mostly what you usually get. Uh, We're just pushing things back a day to account for the bye week to account for what we're seeing in the opener. I know a lot of people didn't get to see the exhibition game for Michigan Hoops, uh, so the opener is really going to kind of be everyone's first look, and, and really it's a good week to get into it, being that basketball really just has, has the spotlight for the next seven days or so. So like I said, uh, I'm Anthony Broom. I, I want to take, I put the question on t- uh, to Twitter 
to take some of your guys's questions. We're going to look at those. Uh, I have, I have mine where I think, I think we're going to lead it with today. Sorry, it's a Monday recording a little bit uh, later in the morning than usually. So my brain's not all quite there right now. So we'll, uh, we'll push through. We will persist and here we go. So my biggest question about Michigan coming off of a 38, seven win over Maryland is that did they, what, has their best performance been put behind them? Was the Notre Dame game kind of their their big moment for the year, or can things get better? Now, a lot of people were putting a lot of stock into, you know, they didn't rack up that much offense in the game against Maryland, who's one of the worst defenses in the Big Ten. I'm not really going there. I mean, it started out ugly. I think the first 17 plays were only for 48 or 49 yards. Um, you take that bad start out of the mix, and it was it was fine the rest of the way. Um, if you want to call it a hangover game, a come down game, you can, they weren't all that impressive, but they still went on the road and won by 31 points. So, like I said, I talked about this in the post game edition of the show. I'm real. I just, I have a hard time mustering up the energy to get upset about that. Um, you know, we were bored with this game, knowing a bye week was following, knowing that Michigan state's up next. It looked like Michigan was bored. It, it looked like, uh, you know, it was an emo- a big emotional win in the elements last week against Notre Dame. So, I mean, to, to not play good football and still win by 31, first of all, it speaks to how terrible Maryland is. But, again, I'm, I'm just not – they come out of the game without any injuries. They go into a bye week with a chance to rest up, and now they have two weeks to prepare for the um, – I'm sure the intricate attack that Michigan State will throw up against them. Um, emphasis on the word throw up watching them play. But I, I think my biggest question is this. Can Michigan improve enough in the next three to four weeks to give Ohio State a football game? Now, I've been on the record several times here. I don't... Ohio State's a playoff team. I think you can make the case they might be the team to beat. I, I certainly think they've been the most consistent team uh, this year, and and this is something else I wanted to kind of bring up too. Uh, I was at Ohio State Northwestern a few weeks ago, and Northwestern's putrid, but Ohio State won that game fifty-two to three. I think that was the score, and they hardly even broke a sweat doing it. And quite honestly, it's not like they looked amazing; they just kind of did it and got through it. And that's not to say Michigan's performance this weekend against Maryland was right on par with that it wasn't but sometimes good teams can sleepwalk their way into blowouts because they're that they're just that much better Um, but like I said Ohio State you know easily one of the four best in the country right now I think you can make the case they might be the best or the second best I don't I don't know about Alabama yet I don't know I know the LSU is good but we'll see how that game goes uh, with LSU and Alabama um Clemson, nah, I don't really see it with them. Uh, now they're going to play Penn State here in a few weeks. Uh, Ohio State is so that's going to be that might be like a playoff. That, that's a playoff game right there. So you're going to see. Really, that's the first time this year that Ohio State will be challenged at all. But when I look at this Michigan team, and I think there's this narrative out there right now where people want to see Michigan. They think if they have a shot to beat Ohio State, it's because they're going to go. They have to go up-tempo, and they're going to you know, air the ball to their wide receivers, and they're going to take 10 shots down the field to Nico Collins and yada, yada. And I don't necessarily think that's the case. Now, 
The reason I say that is, one, Ohio State has the best pass defense in the country right now. I think they sit at number one. Again, they haven't really played anyone. They played a lot of bad teams, and we're going to know a lot more about them when they play um, when they play Penn State. But at the same time, I don't... Let me tell you this right now. Where we stand here, you know, about a month or so out from that football game, I think if Michigan has a chance to win that game, it's because you get them, not necessarily in a bar fight, that would... That would suggest that you're, you know, it's it's played in the twenties or whatever. Like you need to keep them probably in the high twenties or low thirties, and then you have to get your, you know, what together offensively. Um, but it's gonna be you're, you're gonna have to get them in a lower scoring game that they want to play, a slower tempo game that they want to play. Um, which I, I certainly think when you look at the two teams, I know Michigan to a certain extent wants to slow you down. I think Ohio State speeds you up a lot better than Michigan slows teams down. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to be ready for a bit of a track meet, but you're gonna have to bring it defensively too. I mean, I think they only had one pressure on Dwayne Haskins last year total. Uh, it's got to be better. And and Justin Fields gets hit hit a lot. Now it hasn't mattered, but you know you you bring. There's always this talk about is this Jim Harbaugh's defining game at Michigan? Is this so and so's defining like? This game is, in a lot of ways, probably going to be Don Brown's either defining game or finest hour, whatever you want to call it. Now, I would caution people, this is a this is a disappointing year because they're likely going to end it with three losses and not have won the Big Ten title game. It's disappointing. I'm not going to call it a failure, but it's disappointing. If Don Brown's defense gets lit up against Ohio State again, I don't know what we're doing here. That's kind of how I see it. So, you know, as a team, can Michigan improve enough to beat Ohio State? I think they can continue to play good enough football to give themselves a chance. And that's all you can really ask for at this point is a chance. Um, you, you hope that it's a close game and maybe the football gods will have a bounce or so that comes your way. Um, I don't know. I'm like, we'll see what happens. But uh, it's just one of those things where... This, this is the best Ohio State team they've had since that national title team. And this isn't even, this Michigan team isn't even as good as last year's Michigan team was. So I think people getting their hopes up that there might be an upset in the cards or that, you know, a win, they need this win to save their season. It's like, you might, let's just get to nine and get into that game with nine wins and then we'll go from there. Give yourselves a shot at 10 in a bowl game. But I like I like the upward swing that we're seeing offensively. I like that it seems like Josh Gaddis is developing a feel for the game. I like that the offense has found something they're good at. It might not be the prettiest thing you want them to be good at, but they're starting to run the ball well. Shea Patterson has, is what he is. He's playing okay. It's giving you a chance. Gave you a chance at Penn State, which is all you could ask for out of him. I think what you're seeing is that the guys behind him aren't necessarily as ready as you'd like them to be. So if you were going to make that switch, it was going to be weeks ago, but this is who you have now. Um, you know, you're running the ball very well with Hassan Haskins and Zach Charbonnet. So how you play in the trenches on both sides of the ball in that game might just be what gives you a chance. 
if I had to guess, Ohio State probably comes into that game as a nine and a half point favorite. If I were to guess, I'm not sure. It's probably more than that, but I don't know. Vegas is weird, and people like to bet on Michigan, so I I don't know. So can they continue to improve? Yeah, absolutely. So next few weeks, you want to see them go out and and blow out Michigan State. You want to see them go to Indiana and get a win. And This is really the best Indiana team they've had in in quite some time. It's going to be a tough game there. You get to nine wins, then then you're in decent shape to have some goodwill going into the offseason. I'm not going to set that bar for beating Ohio State. I can't. I think you're, I won't say you're foolish to do so, but you're setting yourself up to be disappointed when the evidence has been there all year. So the question becomes, is the best football Michigan can play good enough to beat Ohio State? Because you're probably going to need the best football game that you've played all year, along with Ohio State making some mistakes that they have not made this year. But am I? do I think their chances are any less or any more than they were after this Maryland game? No, I don't. Because when this team plays with fire and they play with confidence like you've seen in the last few weeks, I'm not putting a limit on them. All you can ask is that they bring that fire, that confidence into that game and see what happens. Period. So that's going to do it for my take. I'm going to take a quick break here and then answer some of your questions here on our Monday podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And we are back here on the Monday edition of the Maze Brew Podcast. I'm Anthony Broom, your, uh, your tour guide, your host, your... Whatever you want to call me, it can be a bad name. Don't share it with me. Say it to yourself. So I gave you what my biggest question heading into the bye week was, uh, and I went to Twitter and asked for some of yours. So I'm going to answer them here now. Uh, this one's from Pat. He says, is the MSU game another defining game of the, G- the JH era, in quotes? Um, only, like, again, defining game, all that stuff, whatever. It only becomes a defining game if he loses it because they've never, they've never beaten Mark Dan. Jim Harbaugh hasn't beaten Mark D'Antonio at home. 
And if you lose to this Michigan State team, a team that's worse than last year, maybe not quite as bad as that 2016 team that went 3-9, and nine, but you still, that game was still closer than it should have been there. If you lose it, yeah, that's a problem. Because this, you, you absolutely cannot lose this game. For as many problems as you might have with Jim Harbaugh or you know, the direction of Michigan football, you got to at least take care of business in your own state. And, and Michigan State is atrocious. And Mark D'Antonio's probably done there after this year. The only thing that could maybe salvage any bit of goodwill for him is if they beat Michigan in the big house again. So if that happens, yeah, that will be a defining game of the Jim Harbaugh era, but I don't think it will be. I actually think that they should do a fairly decent job of winning that one pretty comfortably. And how appropriate, as I sit here and record, talking about Michigan State, a garbage truck backs up near my house. So garbage. MSU is garbage. You have to beat them. This one is from Clint Derringer. He says, is DPJ still hampered by the injury, still missing his explosiveness? Yeah, you know, it's still, he seems a bit slower, a little bit slower. Um, not quite, he's not quite all there. And I'm not, that, that's not a mental thing. That's, you know, whether it's the failure to utilize him. He's made some nice plays, but he hasn't quite been the guy I mean, we're talking about a guy who's been popping up in the first round of mock drafts here and there. So um, I haven't seen that guy, if that's what your question is. Um, 21 catches, 214 yards, three touchdowns on the the year. Again, some of that's a usage thing. Um, I don't know if he's still hurt or not. I, I I guess I'm not quite sure what his role is. And maybe... Maybe they don't think he's as good as we do. Uh, He had 22 catches as a freshman, 277 yards. Last year, 47 catches, 612 yards, 8 touchdowns. He's got 21 this year. Yeah, I need to see... I'd love to see more of him. I know he missed the first, what, two games of the year? But... We're we're looking at a we played nine football games here. He's got twenty one catches. He's averaging just a little over two catches a game. I'm sorry, he's played in seven games, so um, about three catches a game. Yeah, it's not enough. It's not enough. Tariq Black, or I'm sorry, uh, Nico Collins has twenty two catches on the year. Tariq Black, let me pull up his stats here quick. Um, I know Ronnie Bell leads the team in receiving, but it feels like a missed opportunity. And I know it's a West Coast passing attack that you're not really going to see a ton of shots down the field, obviously. But to not have those guys, not have those guys as involved, it has been pretty surprising. Especially when you looked at a, you know, we thought in a lot of ways this would emulate the Alabama offense last year where I think they had four or five guys that had over 40 catches. Mind you, quarterback down there is a hell of a lot better than Shea Patterson. No disrespect to Shea. But Tua is going to be the number one pick. I don't know if he's still injured or not. Uh, I just don't think they're using him. So, 
Yeah, I don't know. This one's from Scott Bryson. Uh, on the topic of Tariq Black, he limped off the field after a catch. Is he injured? Yeah, Tariq Black is the one where, you know, I'm starting to wonder with him if we, I don't want to say that we've overrated him a bit, but, you know, it's always been about the potential that's there. But he's just not very consistent with his health, and he's not all that consistent with his usage on the field either. Again, usage, that goes back to coaching. Said I'd pull up his stats here. Hold on. So 20 catches, 257 yards, one touchdown. So they're spreading the ball around fairly, I mean, pretty evenly. 20 20 catches for him, 21 for Donovan Peoples-Jones, 22 for Nico Collins. Ronnie Bell's got 27. So everyone's kind of in that same range. So you're asking, we've been asking them to kind of spread the ball around and get these wide receivers involved. Yeah, everyone's getting involved. It's just they're not, there's just not, I think Michigan is the 80th ranked pass offense in the country. I thought it would be more than that. So that is a little disappointing. Tariq Black, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I think that, I mean, we see. Nico Collins appear in mock drafts. We see Donovan Peoples-Jones appear in mock drafts. He's the one guy I haven't really seen a ton on. So, given their depth at the, the position, I mean, if he is, if he was a little bit injured, um, hopefully the bye week helps him get better. But if not, you've got a an ascending Mike Sainer still. You've got uh, you know Giles Jackson who looks like might be in line to do some some things here. They're looking to spread the ball around. Um, and if you want to make the argument they're not spreading the ball around enough, I'm on board with that. I do think we could see some more. We should see some more pass attempts here and there. At least a bubble screen to get a guy a ball and, and gosh, and gasp space. But it's not, I don't think this needs to be the air raid or what LSU is running. Be awesome. It'd be fun. But I don't think you have the quarterback. To, Shea Patterson's not Joe Burrow. You don't have a Joe Burrow on that bench right now. You got an athlete in Dylan McCaffrey, and you've got a gunslinger who is still working on his arsenal in Joe Milton. So when we talk about how this offense is approaching things, I think they're just kind of trying to, they found what they do best and are just trying to attack it that way. And that kind of goes into our next question here from Lawrence Bentley. He says, will passing and kicking accuracy be improved? Um, I think with both of those things, and I don't really have a long answer for this. I do appreciate the question, Lawrence. Those commodities to me are what they are. I mean, Shea Patterson, what more do you need to see? We've seen almost two years of football from him now. He's can make all the throws. It's just not always there. Kicking accuracy? Um, college kickers, man. That's kind of just what, what the name of the game is. I'm not all that worried about that. 
but obviously if you get into a situation where you need a big kick and it's from you know beyond 40 yards out yeah yeah I'm a little concerned won't lie but I just think you Maryland like I think they've made one field goal all year it could be a lot worse as is usually the case the problems that we see them having are amplified by how much worse a lot of the teams in the country have it so I'm not really going to I won't really dog them for that alright this is going to be the last question that we talk about here uh, this one's from Shane Conkle thanks for the question Shane now that Josh Ross appears to be healthy how do they add him into the rotation while keeping linebacker success as of recent weeks even with Glasgow um I think what you may see is um, a few more like four linebacker looks, some more three-man fronts, things like that. I, I'm not sure. I mean, Cam McGrone, Cam McGrone has played so well in relief of him that honestly, I mean, I, I don't, I don't have an issue with what you're getting there. Uh, having Josh Ross back, that's a guy who they feel, at least athletically, was similar. I mean, he was the guy that steps in to replace Devin Bush. They felt, I mean, he's not Devin Bush, but they felt at least athletically and his ability to move sideline to sideline. And again, this is an ankle injury, so um, you're looking to not push it too hard. So, I mean, you get you find a way to get as much speed on the field as you can at any given time. That's... You know, we talk about how how is Michigan going to match Ohio State's speed? I, you have as many thoroughbreds on on the on the field as you can, and, and you go from there. Jordan Glasgow, who for some reason has become a punching bag by the fan base this year, uh, just named to the uh, the Dick Buckus Award semifinalist. Twelve of the best linebackers in college football. He's one of them, along with Joe Bocci, who obviously will not be playing. Guy's a good football player. He does a lot of, for some reason, there's a pocket of this fan base that confused Jordan Glasgow's usage with why Daxton Hill wasn't playing early in the year. They don't even play the same position. Which is, like, that's just, that's just a you don't know football thing. Yeah, get as many of those good, uh, get as many of those athletes on the field as you can, and and see how you can work them back in. Part of me feels like there's a certain extent of Josh Ross may have been Wally pipped here, but I certainly think that uh, you know there are, there are ways to work him into the mix, and that's that's for those guys way above my pay grade to figure out. Well, I think that's going to do it for uh, for today. Again, we'll be back with a brewcast. I mean, pretty quickly, probably be up Monday evening, early Tuesday morning, uh, kind of cleaning up football stuff, talking Michigan basketball. Michigan basketball's opener on Tuesday. We'll have a post-game reaction for that. Um, excited. Excited for even in a slower week. This is a, a big week for Michigan. Uh, get off. Um, get off to a hot start with basketball. They won't play for seven days after Tuesday. Um, but see how they can build off the performance in the exhibition game and go from there. So you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. 
You can follow the website on Twitter at Maze and Brew. Subscribe to our shows, rate wherever you get your, your content, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. That's going to do it for us today. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.